Hi, this is your host, Corbin. And this is Alan. And this is your guide for Michael Doherty's Godzilla King of the Monsters. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 2019 to remember the top movies released that year. They were Parasite, Joker, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Midsommar, Jojo Rabbit, Uncut Gems, The Lighthouse, Alan. Yeah. Little Women, 1917, Marriage Story, Us, Toy Story 4, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Spider-Man Far From Home, It Chapter 2, The Irishman, Frozen 2, John Wick 3, I think, I, I wrote 2, accident, Alita Battle Angel, El Camino, Waves, which Alan yeah. told me, maybe someday we'll review that, <laughs> and many, many more. Wow, it's kind of crazy to think about all those movies that came out, considering last year, almost nothing came out. That's so, right. Yeah. Now I'm looking back on it fondly. 2019 was a really... Now, yeah, looking back on it, and now you've listed out a bunch of movies, it was a really good year for film. I remember that that Oscars, too. I mean, we did it not so long ago. I remember it being quite a good year for movies. The year before that was a bit of a, a different story, but this year was a good <laughs> was a good year. So from 2019, we have reviewed Avengers Endgame, Glass, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Pet Cemetery, Terminator Dark Fate, Men in Black International, Rambo Last Blood, and Jacob's Ladder. So all of those links to those reviews, if you want to hear any of those, are in the description below. And of course, if you'd like to reminisce more about the films of that year, then head over to letterbox.com. Best picture that year went to Green Book. Despite being five years since we saw Godzilla on the big screen, it was the plan all along to set Kong up in his own standalone film that would loosely connect to the Godzilla sequel. Apparently, director of the first film, Gareth Edwards, wanted his film to stand alone and not necessarily invite a sequel. Nevertheless, Edwards was tapped by Disney to direct their first Star Wars spinoff film, Rogue One, and Warner Brothers moved on without him, but he hoped to return to the franchise someday. At the 2014 San Diego Comic-Con, Legendary confirmed they gained the rights to Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. Initially, it was announced the film would be released June 8, 2018, and Max Bornstein was returning to pen the script. In October 2016, it was announced Michael Doherty and Zach Shields, who both worked on Krampus and the Trick or Treat movie, they would write the script together with Doherty directing. Doherty hoped his film would be like Aliens, seeing the first Godzilla film more like Alien. Now, that won't make any sense to people who haven't seen those movies, but if you have, it makes sense. <laughs> As for connections to Kong School Island, Joe Morton was recast as Dr. Houston Brooks, replacing Corey Hawkins. Despite only on camera for a short time, his name is brought up a few times, and one of the focal points of the last film, The Hollow Earth Theory, plays a part in this film. The movie opened Friday, May 31st. It opened number one at the box office, grossing a series low of $47.7 million dollars down from Kong 61 million and Godzilla's 93 million. The following top five at the box office were Aladdin, Rocketman opened at three, Ma, which I still have yet to see, opened at four, and John Wick Chapter 3 was knocked from second to fifth place. In its second week, it dropped to number four and precipitously dropped from there. So, Alan, I gotta ask, are you surprised uh, that with this very low, coming in under... 50 million dollars and the budget is actually the uh well it's not the biggest yet uh second biggest the budget for this film was 170 million dollars so opening under 50 
I gotta say, that's disappointing. Yeah, that's that's not very that's not very good, um, especially for a film of this caliber, right? I I would ex- I would assume that they were expecting to open way bigger, um, and were unfortunately disappointed with coming in with fifty million dollars in the box office. That's not too great. It's really not, and it was opening in the most theaters of of the three films in the franchise, four thousand one hundred eight theaters. Domestically, it grossed 110.5 million in the foreign markets, 276 million, which is uh, both of those numbers are the lowest um, in the series so far for a worldwide gross of $386 million. Both of the other films grossed half a billion. This was just a box office disappointment all around. It wasn't a Mm -hmm. bomb, but with $170 million budget. I just don't think that what's going to cut it for the studios. So I'm, eh, oof. yeah, that making that much money back from, uh, from a run in that kind of box office. Yeah. Not, not good for, again, for a film of this caliber, like I mentioned with the opening weekend came in kind of disappointing. Um, and all the way, all the way around looks like it was also pretty disappointing. It also seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back as far as ratings go. It has a series low of six, just a straight up six on IMDb. It is only 0.2 lower on Letterboxd. It has a 2.8, which is kind of mediocre. The Metascore is where things change. It has a 48 Metascore, so generally mixed reviews. That's down from the previous film, 62. Uh, Rotten Tomato Critic Score is a sharp drop. Um, considering the other films were around tied around 75% certified fresh. This one got a 43% uh, critics Ooh. approval rating, but with an uh, audience high of the series so far of 83%. Hmm. And then of course, cinema score coming in at B plus, which ties it with the other two films. So people straight out of the theater thought it was just as good as the other ones. Critics thought it was just mediocre mush. And it seems to have over time aged to just be very mediocre. Yeah, it really looks like that. Um, it really looks like pretty much all across the board with, of course, the exception, I guess, as usual at this point, um, being cinema score with a strangely higher score than everything else. Pretty mediocre. Um, seems like everyone, they weren't too thrilled with uh, Godzilla and King of Monsters when it came out, both critics and some audiences too. It also happened to be the longest film in the franchise, clocking it at 132 minutes. Um, We also got Max Bornstein is the only writer returning. Um, None of the other writers from the other films have returned. A brand new cinematographer, Lawrence Shear, is on the scene. Uh, We do know the composer. We've reviewed some of his work. Bear McCreary Mm -hmm. is here um, composing and editors are also two editors um bob i don't know how to say his name bob duxay is returning from the first film and then the production designer scott shambliss is totally different so for the most part a different crew and that seems to be warner brothers route with these films is to bring in new directors new writers except max bornstein gets to be there for all of them Right. And just new people all around. So I'm curious to see how this will play out in the final film. Right. All right, Alan, thanks for joining me. I'll see you on Monday. Sure thing. Thank you, listeners, for coming along with me as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. 
Now that you have your guide to Godzilla, King of the Monsters, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as the Titans finally duke it out in our review of Godzilla vs. Kong. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.